With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. We'll be sitting down with a fresh guest each week. Someone who shares the same kayak fishing passion that runs through our veins. We're talking kayak anglers, kayak companies, lure experts. Heck, anyone who's got a story to tell about landing the big ones from a kayak. We're setting our sights on becoming the number one kayak fishing podcast in the world. You'll get a chuckle, a grin, and hey, maybe even a belly laugh. Because we believe in the power of humor. But above all, we're here to educate and inspire. So, whether you're a seasoned kayak angler or just dipping your toes into this exhilarating world, join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. All right, guys. Welcome to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast, the KFO Show. My name's Darren. I'm your host. And this show is brought to you tonight by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. So if you're listening in from the podcast and you never headed over there before, uh, over 800 videos on the topic of kayak fishing, I would love to see you in the comments. Guys, I can't I can tell you what. I'm just pumped about tonight. Out of the, this is episode number 43. This might be the, the one that I'm the most excited about to date. And I think it's just like the nostalgia that's going to take place tonight. I've talked to Chris a little bit before, and he knows a lot of the backstories on these bad boys. He's showing me things I've never even seen before. And so we're going to be talking about tonight the as seen on TV lures. We'll focus there, but who knows where we'll go because he's got a lot of stuff and some other blasts from the past. Uh, some fun facts. I resigned from my job today, so that's kind of interesting. So my life's a little wild and crazy at the moment. Um, so more on that maybe later. But if you are listening in from the podcast, thank you. As you drive to work, one of my buddies I fish with, he's like, hey, me and my painting crew listen to this at work. So shout out to Nathan. Thank you, man. And uh, yeah, you're listening to a top 10 podcast. So top 10% of all podcasts, Wendell Fishing, the KFO show falls into that. So I'm pretty excited about that. If we can get over like 1,100 views per episode, we jump into the top 5% of all five podcasts. So pretty awesome. Uh, I got a little new little counter over here. You guys see this? 29,600. That's, that's brand new if you haven't seen that yet. And I'm like eight away from hitting 29.7. So pushing toward 30,000 and working on that for mm, two and a half years. So uh, hopefully we'll get that here in the next month or so. One last thing before we bring Chris on. Uh, I want to thank the latest channel member, Boston Bates. Thank you, my man, for helping support the channel. All of that money that anybody, I got a ton of channel members. That all goes back into the channel. So I really don't make any money, uh, but it goes back into making you know, the audio better, the video better, all that jazz. But enough of all that stuff. Let me introduce you, Chris from Retro Bassin. Couple million views, fishing it old school. <laughs> Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Hello. Happy, uh, happy day. How you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> doing well. You've been all over the country as well, right? You just moved from somewhere to somewhere. 
So tell us your story a little bit. I did. Retro started. (laughs) Well, I I did move from one uh, big bass fishing destination of Texas to another big bass fishing destination of of Florida. So luckily, I think the the fishing life is going to coincide with the life life stuff. But yeah, pretty excited. And uh, I'm in the home hallway now, as you can see. So So, sort of my in-between studio. Um, (laughs) That's actually been filmed from my garage a little bit for the old Retro Bass and show. I like your backdrop. It took me back. I was watching I some of your videos today. I was like, oh, man. I like my backdrop, ones- too. <laughs> well, I was hoping you were wearing your jacket today. That, that Yeah, well, that gem. the thing about the rayon jackets, sort of the old school, is that they don't breathe. So they, they look great, look like a million bucks, <laughs> but, but you're in a full sweat. So if this is like a four-minute podcast, we could be doing it. But the fact that we're doing the full 60-plus, uh, yeah. it gets ugly quick. So <laughs> You could lose some weight. It's like wearing a yeah buddy uh so tell me the story of retro why'd you how'd you fall into this why'd you start it and and like just the origin story i'm always fascinated yeah no that's a great question so first off you know sort of what is retro bass and it's a youtube channel that's dedicated to sort of the glory days of of fishing bass fishing sort of as a focus but in general any kind of fishing you know talking about the the rods reels lures and equipment from from fishing days gone past and for me, I, I've been fishing my whole life. I was actually in the fishing magazine industry for a number of years. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I was managing editor for a, a magazine called Big Game Fishing. Okay. And got out of that. But I always kind of longed for those those first catches. Um, I think it's those core memories we have as anglers. You know, that first panfish you caught. We probably could tell you what you caught it on, that first largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was those first trips to tackle shops, like the local tackle shops, the first time you'd walk in. And you'd see a new lure hanging on the peg. And there was just so much promise and mystery of that lure. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you catch on a, fi- a fish on it, sometimes you wouldn't. But either way, um, that was it. You know, uh, the, I remember the first Bass Pro Shops catalog I had. It was so old school that it actually had in the middle of it was the fax form. You had to fill it out by hand with a pen. Oh, faxing. And then you either mail it in or, or fax it in. And I remember I had that Bass Pro catalog back when it was not like a Bass Pro within a half an hour of everybody. And I spent weeks mulling over my first order. You know, what 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 pose super was I going to get? What shoestring de bois, tornado, spinnerbait, what Fred Arbogast lure? And I still remember the magic of when that first box from Bass Pro arrived and I opened it up. And I think ever since then, I've been trying to recapture that first Bass Pro order, to be honest with you. So that's, in a nutshell, kind of what the whole channel envisions about. Do you remember your first order, what it was? Yeah, I do. I mean, I remember it was, it was uh, yeah, I think it was like the 1991 Bass Pro. I probably had a shoestring de bois, tornado spinnerbait. Um, I, the Pose Superseder was out around that time. Um, there were definitely some Bass Pro worms in there. Um, and it was just, these again, the, the glory days when basically every big lure had a full page spread. They had some Bass Pro who you know, just won the commercial on it. Absolutely, <laughs> the the large and life celebrities. You know the Bill Dances, Jimmy Houston's, Roland Martins, all those guys. Um, but I still remember, yeah, that that first order, and it was like, okay. So, and I still have a few of those lures, actually. <laughs> wow. All yeah. right, Anthony Geis. He says, first time walking into a mom pop tackle shop and hitting a strong huff of that power bait jars. The memory will be burned in my brain forever. Hey, if you're listening in, let us know. Love like it. your, 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 your greatest nostalgic fishing memory that you have. Where we well, and Anthony recently, I picked up a four pack of old school power baits and I did it for a, I did a, a sort of a bank fishing episode with realistic fishing. 
and I had a, just a four pack of like the vintage formula, which does not smell like the modern day formula. So like I opened yeah. up that pack and a hundred percent brought me right back. I'm like, Oh, it was a sweeter, almost like peanut butter. I'm like, Oh man, I remember this. So it was a different, even that kind of stuff. Just, it just sort of, again, sparks your, sparks your memory. Oh, I love it. Everyone's already throwing some of their uh, CNC in here. <laughs> like flying lore. I've heard it earlier today. Flying lore. Oh, flying yeah. lore. We'll get to that. We we will get to that. You were talking about the um oh, the, the old Bass Pro catalogs. Now, we were talking weeks ago when I asked you to be on the show. You're a hard guy to pin down, by the way. <laughs> I, I worked, I worked for this one. This guy's like a <laughs> elusive leprechaun I, hard to I, find I, I'm, I'm elusive like a yeti or like yeah a there we, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we found him but like back in the day well you, you were telling me how they're like the collectibles are hard to find now or they're even expensive how like i've ruined my they... own hobby in a lot of ways too probably the worst thing i can do if i actually want to collect something is do a video on it because mm. again there's good there's good i end up fighting the uh the old retro bass and buds for a few ebay listings we'll say so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, I'm glad you're on the show. So guys, tonight we're going to be talking about the Lil Huey, the Johnson Budweiser Talking Frog, the Viking Electronic Lore Power Pack, Mighty Bite, Dances Eels, Heat and Bid Bug, of course, the Helicopter Banjo, and Flying Lore. We're going to hear some of the backstories. Uh, but if you have one, I think the Sluggo I saw in your videos, you Ooh. had some things you showed me beforehand just had me rolling. Um, so let's go ahead and hop in. Let's stop talking about some other stuff. We are here <laughs> for the, the as seen on TV. So like, set the stage right and okay. then then, then kind of roll out with everyone to roll out i'm just so i would say this so for me um i grew up in silver park maryland and i had a lot of brackish water fish and i fished the seven river for striped bass and chain pickerel mm. but there was a little farm pond out in howard county maryland uh, my uncle was a, a real estate developer out there and he had a little like three to five acre pond and he stocked it with largemouth bass All and right. then never fished it <laughs> he never fished these were just like totally virgin waters and so the first time i went out there i think i again i'd never caught a bass and i think within three hours i had about 25 that i caught just fish that never seen a lure so i kind of got into lures and got into bass fishing and one of the first ones that i saw on the peg that really kind of grabbed me it was a little spot called the tackle box on on ritchie highway and there was this lure that I saw, and I've actually got this new in the package. I think I might have sent you one of these. Oh, I've got it. That's one of my faves. It there was it this. Yes. So this is called the Power Pack Lure. And I saw this. This was actually an infomercial. I can't even find the infomercial now, to be honest with you. Okay. But this was developed by an attorney in Dallas, Texas, of all things. An attorney. And what this is, and I've got one out of the package I'll show you, but it's got a pull string. So when you pull the sort of the back cast it pulls the string you cast the lure out there when it lands hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> now, it does that a little bit fast in the water. It's actually a slower um, maneuver, but it sort of vibrates like a cicada. And I've got one. This is a power pack lower out of the package. It sits like okay. this. 
And for those listening in, it's got a cup like a pop bar. It's a little bit more concave. I'd almost say more like a hula pop where it's going to really give a good gurgle. And it'll sit there on its side. It's it's a it's a bait fish with a a plastic tail. And once it runs out of steam on that first one, you twitch it. And as you twitch it, it (laughs) vibrates again and probably vibrates at a little bit of a slower speed like this. Yeah, because it's got resistance. Does it move or just kind of this flat water? It it sort of moves. And one of the one of the hacks they had on the the infomercial, I recall, is it, it comes with a flat tail. You have to bend the plastic tail up. And then twist the two fins like this. I don't know why. I think that was to maybe prevent it from spinning was their theory. Uh, And there were these two dudes on a bass boat fishing somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where they were, but they would throw this thing out there. And what's so cool about it is bass would just explode on it. (laughs) And they would explode on it. Basically, cast it out there. And Buckskin Lake was that sort of uh, the virgin waters where I'd fish with this thing. And if you got there like about an hour before sunset, and you threw this thing five foot off the bank. Oh, just the absolute insane strikes that I would have on this thing. It blew my <laughs> mind. Um, so there was that lure. And then they also had this one, which you don't have. This is the Power Pack Frog. Oh, okay. And so for folks listening, this looks like a frog body, but it's got two legs, but the same principle. <laughs> it looks like a monkey. Like it, it looks like, it looks like a bath toy. I got to be honest. It looks like a bath toy. But I saw this thing on the peg. I saw this honestly insane packaging i mean just look at that it's, it's a bass behind there it's got power pack you can pull the string and I, I was hooked so i bought it well fast forward i had some bass and buds over who were hitting some sort of doing some trespassing as i call it you know fishing where you're not supposed to on the eastern shore <laughs> and we hit this pond where the guy said hey we, we got like an hour here before we get kicked out but i caught probably then it was a, a three or four pounder on this lore. And for many years, that was my PV was on this goofy, on thing. as seen on TV lore. Um, so it's always had sort of a special place in my heart. Um, I need to do a full on episode on the history of this bait. And recently I did actually have it in Florida. I was over on Orange Lake with my bass and buddy, uh, Ted Lincoln, who's also got a channel. And he caught the biggest bass of the day on the power pack, like right before sun went down, like literally the, the last of three casts that he made. Boom. There it is. So it's not it's not a gimmicky thing picks up picks up bass. And it did it, it did it did pick up bass. It was patented, and I think eventually Chuck Woolery um, got somehow got got the uh, another version of this, and they sold it out. And that's the one a lot of people know. But but yeah, that is the uh, the Power Pack Shad, and that was sort of the first sort of as seen on TV slash gimmick lure that that I saw, and I still remember seeing that thing at the tackle box in Savannah Park, Maryland, when I picked it up, and. Um, and the first time bass hits that, you just go nuts. Oh, I bet. Uh, here's the back of it a little bit. I love like marketing from the <laughs> from years past. Here's the first sentence. Congratulations, you purchased the most technologically advanced and exciting surface lore ever produced. Hey, always. That time, always. It was. Yeah, always. Seven, seven lures in one. 15 lures in one. That's what I loved from back then. My goodness. All right, the power pack. That was actually when you sent me the box and I got all this <laughs> stuff sitting around me. This might have been my favorite to get out there, get out there and try because I'm going to bend the tail. I'm going to do it all and I'm, I'm going to catch my personal best. On this oh, it's, 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 it's a honey of a bait. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good. Um, ingenious. This is, my, I think, this, yeah, this is my favorite. All right, let's move on. What else you got in your. So let's see here. So that was one of the big as seen on TV lures. Um, and there were some that I kind of got into later. So um, 
here is one that came out. Um, Yum came out with this a few years ago. But do you know what this thing is? Is this Dance's Eel? Uh, so, okay. So I sent you the Yum version of Dance's oh, Eel. Oh, this is not the Dance's Eel. It is the Dance's Eel, but this is the original. We see a young Bill dance there. We have, by the way, look at <laughs> Very young. What, is he, what is he wearing? Is that plaid? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that is just, he's like ready for like a disco or something. But anyway, there's Bill Dance. And so there is the lore, and it's the incredible Dance's Eel. So this is one of the craziest baits ever. It is, it's obviously just for, you know, reasons we know. It's a crankbait with the eel tail. Yeah, that's weird. It's this weird hydrophone material. Yeah. It is soft. But here's what's wild about this thing. It actually sinks. So this is a sinking bait. Um, so it, fit, and it, it fishes insanely well. So as you reel this thing in, it's got just the most crazy eel action. Bill Dance was, uh, when he came out with this, uh, this was, I think, from Hydrofoam. And I believe if you bought this, you got a free bottle of Sparkle Scales or <laughs> the other way around. But that was also his product back in the day was this one and Sparkle Scales. And at one point, I think they sold a million units of, of Sparkle Scales. Yeah, they made. So some- is that what I see on here? I don't know if you guys can see that, but I don't. I've never seen sparkle scales before. So it's just a liquid you so, put on there. And it dries so and it was. Glitter. So they've actually come back out with one called Bait Pop, which shows up on a live scope. But sparkle scales was basically developed by a pharmacist, and he got in business with with Bill Dance under the name of Keeper Bait Company. Okay. And it was a fish formula, but inside, sort of like Goldschlager, they had these scales. <laughs> so you'd shake it up, and then in theory, when you put it on the bait. You throw the bait in the water, the scales disperse mm. like a fish just got hit, like a bait fish. And oh, it was supposed yeah. to elicit an act- a reaction from the game fish. So that was a whole nother whole nother. Follow the logic. Yeah. You, you think it <laughs> think it worked? I don't know. I, mean, I, I can follow the logic at least. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to when I pull when I pulled this out, I've never seen one before. And I was just like, what in the world? Because it didn't have packaging on it. So I, didn't, I just pulled it out of the box. A little, like, little mystery like, thing. A little mystery. Like a, yeah, it literally is like four in one, four in one lore. And then I so, think I watched your video and as it sunk too, I was like crazy. Oh, yeah. I got some underwater footage of this thing. So in, And for a while, so look at this. It came in a pack. Oh. Like this is the old Bill Dance eel pack. I've never seen. I've seen one of these ever. I picked it up. So it's like it's got all the different <laughs> sizes and uh, shapes of the uh, – You'll oh, dance is eel. <laughs> how many how many bass have you caught on that? So I gotta be honest with you. So I have not caught a ton of bass on this. I've actually caught other species of fish, striped bass and pickerel. Um okay. sort of uh, in the column of, of too many lures, too little time. So <laughs> I hear you there. You should see my backlog of, of like I, I need to like I need to dedicate a day to each of these lures because they're just so goofy and crazy. And sometimes I'll throw a lure and um it, it doesn't perform as as you think. So like Here's one. <laughs> I showed you this on sort of the green room. Uh, we're kind of getting ready for this. So this I recently picked up at an NFLCC meeting. And for those who don't know what the NFLCC is, it is the National Fishing Lure Collectors Club. And oh, okay. it is one of the coolest organizations uh, out there. So these guys get together. I think they have you know somewhere from six to 12 meetings nationally per year. Just a bunch of old school lure collectors get around. They swap lures in their hotel rooms and then have a, a convention center. So I picked this up there. So what is the name of this thing? So this is a mill site lure, and it is called the Daily Double. And I would put this in the category of, of gimmick lures, and, and here's why. So it's got two different line ties. 
So okay. it's sort of a, a boomerang-shaped lure. This line tie is for supposedly a deeper running bait, and this one, because of the position of it, is a shallow running bait. So in theory, you know, you just spend all your money on one lure instead of two, and if you want like a medium diver or a shallow diver, this is the bait. But when I threw this thing out, this is hard. This this thing does not run well at all. I mean, this no. thing, oh, this this thing runs like like nineteen eighty seven, like Acura after like a hit a hit a curve. It's <laughs> it does not run well. So. So this is one where it's like, okay, I got to figure out how to fish this thing. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I was so excited to get this on the lake. And then I threw it. I'm like, no, I, this, this ain't working. <laughs> that color, that color. Wow. Oh, it's a, it's a honey of a bait. Yeah. I mean, it's going to either scare every fish in the lake or, or attract every fish. I don't know which. <laughs> I love it. That's nice. So like, did you trade something for that? So this one, I think I think I picked this one up for like 10 bucks. Oh, so, right. so yeah, so in the room are, trading, so in it, and it's one of the weirdest things ever so, so basically everyone sets up all the other lure collectors show up and they convert the hotel room into a tackle shop lures on the dresser lures on the bed and <laughs> and they open the door and you walk in it's the greatest thing ever and you walk in and you can just kind of either trade or buy or whatever and that's the oh yeah oh it's, it's I feel wild. like someone's like opening up their jacket and be like hey you want to buy some like i'm sure i'm sure there's different conventions <laughs> like that yeah but this is the lure building one so that was that so that's where i, I picked that one up <laughs> That is awesome. What's um, so, what are the, what's the most expensive lure you ever came across? Like, okay, um, in the store behind. Let me show it to you. Oh, you have it. All right, one second. Hold on. Like, give me like two seconds. I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'm gonna go over here and read some of the comments. Oh, small water charter says, "Roland is a great guy. He's been cool making friends with childhood hero." Okay, I'll put my most expensive lure aside for a second. So, so Roland Martin, yeah, you threw the helicopter lore. Oh, I just had a video I posted on the helicopter lore. Like, so how did it go week? for you? Because did your experience vary from mine? Because I haven't uh, fished with Roland, and that's one of again my my sort of bucket list things is to to see him on Headwaters Lake or, or Okeechobee. But there's the kit. Yeah, okay, the kit. Because I found my kit at a flea market, new in box in the plastic. So I unopened it. Oh, like yeah, a time that. Castle. That's nice. And a video. Uh, and then I was like, okay, you guys see the crazy? I'm going to open this for you. I know you can kind of see through the plastic. But I don't fish non-natural <laughs> colors. And so I had very limited. So, so this wasn't your first choice? No, it wasn't my first choice. And this wasn't my <laughs> the, second choice. <laughs> the, the, old, the old Late nightmare? You didn't want that one? Look at this. I mean, it's so crazy. Roland had, he had five colors to pick. One, yeah. This was one of the... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. This ain't I'd like even to a be part of that meeting. I, I need to. I need to ask whenever for meet him. Like, hey, when you guys are in the meeting choosing colors, can you walk me through your logic on that? Because there's two I want to fish out of here. So, I hooked up so, this guy. Yeah, the whites. The whites a nice one. So I have caught a fish on on the helicopter lure, and it's funny. Is so I was watching a video of Roland Martin hanging out with Bill Dance and Jimmy Houston at I think it was a Bass Master Classic, but they were. Those guys rib him incessantly about oh, this lure. Oh, they just well, like any good as seen on TV lore, it's got to catch everything from bluegill to blue marlin. Blue marlin, <laughs> and they end up jumping the shark literally at some point because because that's where you you get a, a a niche lure like this, which probably was honestly really good for fishing hydrilla. You know mm. where Roland was throwing this thing, but all of a sudden they go, oh, I wonder if this could catch a uh, you know. A mahi mahi, probably not. But but let's try. You know, I wonder if this could catch a muskie. And yeah. with any ass on TV lore, it's got to be all in. It's got to catch everything. 
everything that swims, right? Every level of angler. And I think that's where a lot of the ads seen on TV lures, and there's one we're going to get into today, which I think was a great lure, but it kind of geared itself toward the wrong, um, we'll say, skill set of angler. But yeah. but this was, I think, in certain situations, a really good lure. But again, Roland gets ribbed incessantly, but he still catches fish on this thing, um, for sure. So he's still fishing it to this day. Oh, he is. And my buddy, so he, John, he's owning it, owning it for life at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he is. And he's done a video with it. And so one of sort of the now that I'm here living in the state of Florida, um, next time I get down to see my bass and buds, John and Lindia, who've got a great channel called Small Water Charters, they see Roland a pretty good bit. I actually missed him on the water. He, I saw his truck, left a note, okay. um, kind of creeped him out, I'm sure. But but I want to see him on the water. I want to ask him about this bait and a couple other Roland Martin signature baits. But I definitely need to catch a big old Florida bucket mouth on this thing at some point. So my experience on this thing, which I just realized, I was like, what's in the middle? And I forgot I put the nail weight in. You did? Okay. I did. Because I down. wanted to, when I was fishing, I did this, you know, I'm setting up for the video. I did the unboxing. I was like, hey, let's take this out to the lake so we can pick any bass up. First cast, nail one. <laughs> I caught probably 15 bass over the next two hours on this. I throw it out, put the nail weight in, and it would just... It does what it does in the video. It just slowly starts to go down. And for whatever reason that day, they were popping it. And you can see it on the video. It wasn't like, hey, it's I <laughs> pop, 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 pop. It was actually, I was like, are you kidding me? First cast. Am I going to have to like put this in my arsenal? Because <laughs> I will. I'll fish a freaking baked potato if it picks up fish consistently. That's so. amazing. I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm a fan. The white. I haven't tried any of the other ones. The glitter looks good. The silver glitter. This guy? So the silver glitter, the gold down this way would be good. I guess my question is, so for me, it was line twist city when, when I, and, <laughs> and I don't know that <laughs> it's, it's like a Guns N' Roses song, you know, take me down to line to a city, but I don't know what happened if these were like old swivels or they're gummed up, but mine, I would put a couple casts in and then I'd have to basically let it unspin. I don't know if you had that oh. issue. I'm not look, mine's, mine's going pretty good. See, you see that? I, no, no, I think See, mine got was the new good... in box, so it didn't have it. Was like I pulled it out of the plastic from 1994. So, it was... See, mine was mine was old in box, so maybe I need to crack open. I do have some like this now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you might have one of those as well. This yes. is more of a uh display piece. <laughs> this is now, gold in there. Now, what are the odds that Roland actually caught this fish on the old? That's a monster. <laughs> That's like the classic fish I see in just about every picture that I see of him. Yeah, it's, you know it's, it's, what I was actually, and I shouldn't have been surprised. Whenever I cast this thing, it's it helicoptered in the air and like slowed down because it caught air, and I was like, oh, that's it was just bizarre to me. And well, I remember I I had it was a Strike King buzz bait. I think it was like the Tri Wing or something like that, and that one I had a hard time casting because it had three blades. Oh. Unlike a normal buzz bait that's just got this the single blade, it had like a third one. And that thing would helicopter for me in the air. I remember I had a hard time casting that. So I could see that with that with the helicopter. I don't know that um, you know, a lot of bass pros are throwing this one today, so they may not have that issue on the old circuit. Um mm -hmm. but <laughs> hey, there you go. Someone asked me, Lost and Tackle, are you gonna throw that gunner's bill? I got a tournament down there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh against like Chad Hoover and Fluke Master and um fishing with Grams and Alex Rudd. We're all gonna go down there and fish off our teams. And so I don't know what I'm going to bring. I got some people making me as like some custom baits for that particular bait fish in that body of water. So we'll see what happens. Are you telling me I should be bringing whatever the crap this thing is? I know what you're going to bring. I think I sent you one of these. <laughs> you did. I still don't know how to put it together. So first, it came like this. So first off, I would say this. I get your um, 
your insurance card had ready because you might be going to the ER if you try to work on this thing just because <laughs> this is one of the most dangerous spinner baits I've ever seen. So this came. So for those from, on the podcast, walk us through what you're holding in your hand. <laughs> so this came from Night Lures. And <laughs> what does this say? They're not like any other spinner bait, spinner bait. So Night Lures, um, jumped by the name of Wayne Kent, who recently passed away on Tyler, Texas. He ended up taking over Cream Lures. I think Wayne was one of the great unsung, crazy lore inventors out there. His ideas were great. I don't think they really took off. But this one is called the King Tongs. And if you can see by the image here, the theory is when you're throwing a spinnerbait, sometimes the fish hit the bait. Occasionally, they'll hit the blade. Right. Well, the trouble is if they hit the blade, there's not a hook in it. Well, the King Tongs... um, it supposedly solves that issue because there's a hook in the blade. <laughs> Look at that. And that's the blade that fell off. Yes, I think that must have been a little piece of plastic. So in theory, if a fish hits here, you've got them. You got them. If a fish hits the blade, you've hooked them. You got them. And odds are if you try to lift a bass, you're going to hook yourself. So that's the <laughs> it's, a, it's a win-win and lose. <laughs> the King have you Kongs. ever caught anything on this thing? The King so, Kong is what's called. So I have. So so I, I've thrown a couple of there's a couple spinner baits that are semi-similar to this. And I threw this one. Um, I did catch a fish, but it was on the bottom hook, so I couldn't really test whether or not the the theory held true. But man, imagine if you actually did catch one on the top hook, it would be such oh, yeah. validation for the design because yeah, you would know too. you would not have had that fish. So definitely getting it through the bottom of the lip. That'd be bizarre. Well, so it, you get it to the top. It'd be a lot. It's a lot of a lot going on here. So yeah, it's basically and, and for folks listening, it's it's a the bottom part of the spinnerbait's normal, but at the eyelet, it turns into a another hook. Yeah. And then the spinnerbait blade swivel is attached to the bend of that hook. And it's a Colorado blade. So it's and it's and it's a it's and great. it's a Colorado blade. So yeah, this thing is, I would say I this thing vibrates like crazy. Um my, my Twitter phone has got about 350,000 miles and it doesn't vibrate as much as the spinnerbait. So this thing reeling through the water, the whole thing is just shakes like crazy. <laughs> I want to read the back. I got to read the back of this. All right. It's really short. This lore solves the problem found in conventional spinnerbaits. When a fish strikes, you got them. You simply miss less fish. And it's almost impossible for a fish to throw the bait. If it tries to shake the main hook free, it'll be nailed by the spinner hook. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the unlucky bass angler who tries to lip a fish <laughs> too quickly will also be blessed with a nice, uh, you know, old school J band hook in their thumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so, nice. so, th- so there was that spitter bait. And then I don't know if I sent you one of these, but this is another one. And again, Light Night Lures eventually went on to purchase cream. And so this is called the Bump and Go. And I do recall this from the old school Bass Pro Shops catalog. So this is a spitter bait. And I've got this out of the package. Oh. Okay. It's got what a rudder on here. And and what's so crazy about the gimmick lures is we make fun of them while they're here. And also they show up in Japan as like some lure that you got to spend 80 bucks for. So this is a spinnerbait with a rudder. And it can actually move. So you set the rudder to which way you want this thing to go. Okay. And it will actually track to the left or the right, depending. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, so it's a spinnerbait. So give me an application. So you'd want to. Yes. Okay. So the application would be. So we're throwing against the dock. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I, whenever I'm throwing against a dock, either I hit the dock or I cast like too far off it. So this thing, if you cast to the base of the dock, you can set the lure so it keeps oh. tracking into the into pilot. The dock. So throwing against that, throwing against a seawall, throwing against some toolies. In theory, this thing would track. And I think actually Depths in Japan came out with a, a different bait that tracked. But the idea of a tracking bait isn't, isn't necessarily new, but this is one of the first ones I recall where you can actually track the bait left or right. And this is one I have not done an episode, and this is sort of in the, uh, the TBD file. But yeah, isn't that wild? So that's the bump and go spinnerbait. But this one was mainstream enough to be in the Bass Pro catalog at some point. Oh, okay. So I could follow the logic on that. So if you're fishing some riprap, you want to make sure that you keep on hitting and making if you're, the... If you're fishing some riprap or something like that, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I don't know. It'd have to be like a perfect scenario <laughs> to break that thing out. I don't know. I like it. I try it out. I think it'd be a blast to just try it out. So fascinating. I mean, how often do you come up along a dock that's 70 feet long? I know I don't, <laughs> don't up here. No. But, all right. Woo. All right. What else you got in your bag of tricks? This is great. Well, let's see here. So what other things? So you mentioned the video we did on the, the top 10 as seen on TV lures. What's so oh, funny yeah. about that is that was just, you know, me and my, you know, studio thinking about, all right, what, what are the lures I recall? So um, a classic one that came out, I don't know if this was ever as seen on TV, but, but I put it in that category because it's a total novelty lure, <laughs> was this one from Hedden, the, the old Big Bud. Okay, so for those listening in, like walk us through what this is. Listen. So this is basically a, a beer can with a crankbait lip on it. It's got a pair of treble hooks, and it's got a blade on the back. And so, I will, uh, so I'll zoom in real quick here so you can see. So there's the, the lure itself. I don't know if you can see where it says Budweiser. Yeah. And it's got a crankbait head here. And so what this thing basically fishes like is like a big giant wake bait. It actually does not dive that deep. And this blade does not have a spinner. It actually is a flapping blade. It just flaps. And it flaps like this. So it is one of the craziest wake baits that you can throw. Um, came out with Budweiser. For folks who, who aren't into Budweiser, they certainly did have a, a Coors original, <laughs> the old banquet beer, right? <laughs> and this what one I picked up. Out with? So, well, okay. So here's what's wild about some, some of the U.S. bays. This is why I, I kind of, you know, I'm always on Instagram or, or eBay looking at what, what the Japanese uh, direct market's doing. So this is a lure that kind of came and went in the U.S. I don't think anybody ever fished it seriously. But in Japan, they have probably thousands of versions of the Big Bud. What? Here's one of them. So look at this. What, what, what am I looking at? I don't It's It's a Big Bud with it's some sort of Japanese writing. On it. Yeah, I don't know. And just they and they had tons of this version of this bait in all kinds of different things. So this was a bait that took off that you know in the JDM market, and yeah, <laughs> there's guys who throw it. There's there's definitely guys I follow that actually will still go out there and throw old school heads like this one and catch some pretty nice bass on them. Wow, wow. You would think that would go underwater with how big that lip is. So it it does, but look at the eye tie. So the eye tie is really close to the nose, not real deep. So it really just almost it goes underwater, Up but it, not that far. Yeah, and it's that a it's sense. a monster. Um, now this is one where I've done some underwater footage of this one. 
I have not spent a hardcore day with the old the old big bud in a while. I've caught some fish on it years ago, but nothing on film. So this is uh this is one in the uh, TBD column. There's a question for you. I would imagine if I was starting a retro bait kind of YouTube channel, I would want to catch a fish on every single. You know, you do a video, you go out, catch a fish on it. You do a video, go out, catch a fish on it. Has that been, is that what you're doing? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> well, at me, folks. <laughs> no, well, one of the challenges was, so when I first started the channel, I had a GoPro Hero 3. And oh, wow. yeah, that was my, like, that was going to be my channel. And I had the first 10 episodes written. And it was going to be that format where I go out there, I catch a fish on a lure, and I talk about it. Now, not only am I using antique lures. Uh, the longest rod I've got is a five foot six inch pistol grip rod. The most up to date electronics I've got on my boat because I outfitted it old school is a okay. Tom Man Hummingbird Super Sixty Flasher. <laughs> so, so in an air, I couldn't, I could, I, I couldn't find my way around a live scope. So, so I've got a few, we'll, we'll say, you know, natural limitations with my angling ability. You put in the equipment. This whole idea of going out there, and, and again, I, I had some tough days in the water. I've got some lures that I've taken a half dozen times. Like I need to do really? an episode on this lure. And so that's where I kind of, when I do that, when I can do that, I do. Sometimes I'll transition and just kind of do a uh, an unboxing or a history of, because yeah, it's a it's a bit of a challenge to go out there. If if you go out there with nothing but the old big bud tied on, um, you're either gonna be hero or zero, and you know how that goes. <laughs> you need to find a buddy in Florida who has a private lake they stocked years ago and no one's fished it. That's what you need right there. I I, 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 do, I do need, I need the Bill Dance, you know, Guggen Squad Lake. That's yes. something like that. Yep. Yeah. So if you live down in Florida, I don't even know where you live. What city are you in? So right now I'm in Northeast Florida, which is basically Georgia. But I've got some bass and buds in Gainesville. I've got some down uh, near Okeechobee. So rest yeah. assured, we've got some very bassy waters. Now, do are they bass enough that I could catch something on this? Oh, well, a Canadian you know, duck. <laughs> What's so the action? Is, it just sits in the water. I don't see anything that would create action on that. Honestly, I have. I'm ninety percent sure this thing f sinks. So, so oh. th this was from the old 1985 Bass Pro catalog back in the novelty lure section. Most lures that they had on that page, I probably couldn't show because I don't want you to get demonetized. But, <laughs> but this was uh, right next to Uncle Buck's calendar. And, but this was one. <laughs> this is called. I think this is called the uh, the uh, quack wrap. Or something like that, and it's a it's a duck, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah it's, for in, it's a duck. It looks like it's that, flying. I mean, that's literally it's, it's like a little mold of a duck with with a couple of treble hooks oddly placed, and uh, and it again, also I, looks I, like like someone made a toy factory, and it used to be a jet, and they just repainted it, and it looks like a duck. This is it, called the shad quack. That's what this is called, and quack. and it's it's a three inch mallard. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't rattle. I, I again, it's heavy, so I'm ninety percent sure it sinks. Um, so this would be one if you really had a if you had the helicopter lure bite on, or, oh, or yeah. my first trip to Buckskin where I'm catching twenty five fish three hours. This might be one to throw on to see if you could get because what, what kind of footage that would be, huh? Where do you where do you get all these things? Do people like know that you do this and they just send you stuff now? How's this How's this work? It, it 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 is. Um, I definitely get get a little bit of that, and uh, I just kind of have an eye for stuff, and then again is. I, I <laughs> type in as seen on TV Lauren, you know, into eBay and you'll be amazed at what you find. Yeah, half of them are yours, right? <laughs> Probably half of them are mine. Yeah, there you half, go. Half of them are mine. Um, so let's see. So we had the, uh, the top 10 list, another one, and this is one that I need to fish, but well, okay. So this will be the predecessor of the next lure. So this one, any oh. idea what this thing is? 
And the clue is in this little bite out of the fish. All right. So this Those is listening a, in. I'm looking at a very long swim bait. A very long, awkwardly molded, <laughs> odd, oddly hooked swim bait with a giant chunk out of the belly. Well, it's hooked like a banjo minnow. It is hooked like a banjo minnow, and that's gonna be the next thing. So this was a ripoff, I think, of the of the banjo, uh, but this is called the mighty bite. The mighty and, there it is. And so I think the, the theory here was it's got a little what half inch bite out of it. Color, colored red like like jaws come up and bit this thing or nipped at it and supposedly this is a fish sees this that's supposed to mimic a fish that just got attacked and is really ripe for you know the killing oh, yeah put some of the yeah. dances glitter on it and it'll be a perfect and, scenario and there. it's got a cavity so look at that it's got a little cavity and here's what's wild about it you can either add i think this is sort of like a little blood pellet that maybe turns red in the water and it's like a blood trail oh really you could add a rattle a rattle all right you could add I think that's just the weight, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, you could add whatever you want to the Mighty Bite. So this looks like – I think you could catch a fish on this. I think you probably had to swap out the circle hook. I don't know why it's got a circle <laughs> on there, but, hey, like you know. Catfishing? Uh, What's going on? So yeah, it looks like but basically a, uh, a sort of a low-end swim bait of some sort. But the whole claim to fame was it's got this bite out of it, which is supposed to make it look ultra, ultra, you know, <laughs> realistic. Buck Buckhale says they work. The old man and I used them back in the day. More nice. or less a fluke without the fork tail. I love it. And if you guys have any like history fishing this, let us know your in descriptions. I'll read it. I'm, I'm fascinated. I really like the blood trail um, little insert there. Okay. The hey, blood you're going to go all in with the bite. You might as well throw a blood trail in there you, as well. You might as well. Um, but the lure you mentioned that looked similar to is this. And I think I sent you one of these as well. There we go. But I wasn't familiar with the iteration, so I need to hear the story. I want I want to see the one you've got. So I believe I believe, and you, you're going to correct me. This is what I wanted to have you on, partially for tonight, because I believe these are the the OG. Maybe not. Nope, that's OG. Yep. And okay. That's yeah. Actually, so these yeah. And so I got and a couple. That's tough bait. Oh shoot. I have a yellow one in here and they're changing all my white ones yellow. Uh note to Ooh, self. Ooh, separate not, those. <laughs> not good. I gotta separate them. No. Look at this stupid thing. This is not OG because look at these side by side. See how it has a fat head on it? There's no way that they're oh yeah, same. look at that. Okay. It's like twice the size. And then I have the this guy. So these are about two and a half inch folks listening on the podcast. And this one's like green, greenish. I don't know if you can see that. And it has like a little bit of red for blood. Ooh. And so Ooh, look at that. You don't have this? I don't have that one. I'll have to send you some. So no, my buddy, I don't. John, I was talking, I did a poll on my community page. And he's like, hey, I bought like a ton of these on eBay years ago. I'll send you some. I'm like, Ooh. all right, I'll do a video. And uh, fished them the same day I fished the helicopter lure. And as you can imagine, picked them up. I probably caught another 10 fish on the banjo minnow. They're just slamming it. So how'd you fish it? Right next to this lay down. I read the back of the package. Okay. And as they tell you, uh, to make the bims uh, make it swim, use a, success, a succession of three to four very quick jerks and a rhythm. And let that sit in the lay down, pop, 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 no longer than a foot long. Nailed it. And the video actually just, that one just launched like Sunday. So that's like a brand new video um, that I just launched. So if you're interested in seeing that and breaking down how it's all hooked up, you can go check that out. All right. What do you have? So this is the new version of this bait. So this bait, um, I actually first, it's kind of wild, but 
uh, this bait I, I put in my top 10, I actually ranked this at number two at the time. And it's probably a debatable point. And I end up getting a little bit of, a little bit of gentle flack from uh, the now owner of the company, a guy by the name of Ken Carey. And so here's the story with this bait. This is one of the coolest as seen on TV lures. This is right up there with the flying lure. And those are the two, right? Alex Langner's flying lure and, and the banjo minnow. So this was developed in Maine by a guy by the name of Wayne Hockmeyer. And he was an angler up there, and he was a guide, and he got into professional bass fishing. He found that he was kind of settling in the middle of the pack for tournaments, wasn't, wasn't doing super well. And he was also a, a hunter, and he noticed the way that dying animals were basically attacked. You know, some, if, if a predator saw that, that if an animal was injured, acted like it was dying, it would get attacked first. So he came up with this design, and this is, you know, nowadays we kind of look at this and go, oh, that looks like a fluke, it looks like this. This wasn't done at the time. So mm. what he did is he took the hook out of the bait. There's no hook in it so that the backbone is out of the actual minnow itself. And he did that by putting in a screw-in little metal uh, nose ring and a hook so that when you fish this bait, it is truly, it just dies. And if you kill it, like I'm sure you did, it just kind of sinks like a dying minnow. Mm -hmm. So he had this idea. He goes, okay, I need to, I need to market this thing. He wants to go at, you know, I think that the flying lure had just come out probably the year before and he wanted to, you know, not necessarily go the tackle shop route. So ended up getting a hold of this guy by the name of Ken Carey, who is uh, making infomercials out in California. And the first thing he said is, well, Ken, you got to come fish with me. So okay. Ken flew to Maine. Um, they fished for smallmouth bass, and they absolutely slayed the bass. So they're okay. like, okay, we, we're going to go the full-on infomercial route with this. They're going to do the underwater footage, the testimonials, all that stuff. And they ended up going to the, uh, I think it's the Harrisburg, uh, I think it's the Eastern Outdoors show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And back in the day when they had the, the old hog trough, remember it was that like oh, that oh five yeah. foot by 20 foot tank? And it was filled up with like what, like a dozen bass that had probably seen lures cast all day long. And those fish, they, they might they kind of snip at something, but they don't they don't feed them. But then also, too, they do get numb to it. Eventually, they see, like, the eighth jig come by and, like, okay. Yeah. So so Ken and uh, and the inventor, Wayne, went to the, the show, and I think it was, like, day three. Fish had been getting whipped on. But they had, like, camera crew. They probably had thousands of dollars in investment. Like, how is this going to go? And so Wayne gets up there. He throws the banjo, and the first cast, he had, I think, four or five hits. Oh, jeez. And they're filming everybody, and and it's some of the most just. And again, my by daytime, I'm I'm a salesman, so I appreciate a good sales pitch. They <laughs> film all of these people watching this thing, and these people have been, you know, and just they're mesmerized. And so I Wayne gets this. up there and video, he fishes, yeah. and eventually he says, "Okay." He pulls some guy from the crowd. Some guy says, "Hey, you come on up here." That guy fishes. He catches fish. So then after that happens, it's they just go around and they just interview everybody. And there was one guy, um, I remember this, he goes, uh, they're going to have to outlaw this thing because there's not going to be any fish left in the ocean to catch. <laughs> and and as someone who films, you know, you, you want to get, you know, so, sort of that like cha-ching moment. I'm like, I asked Ken, I'm like, what did you think when he said that? He's like, oh, yeah, cha-ching. Like, yep, yeah, that was the one. We're going to have to ban this lore because it's too yeah. effective. Like, okay. They, they toasted that night over beers after that, that guy came out of the audience. My goodness. They did. So the lore, so I would say you've got the OG version. Um, it, it kind of fell by the wayside. At one point, it was the number one sewn lore in the U.S. Um, and then For it years, went away. Like two years. A couple years. It was hardcore. Yeah. It was like the infomercial was everywhere. Um, they had a couple different versions that did not hold up. If you go to eBay, 
if you see one with Babe Winkleman, um, that's a good version to put on the shelf, but it, it does not, if you open it up, the, the plastic is so brittle. It's just, you can't even fish with it. But uh, Ken ended up buying the company. Um, Wayne passed away, but this is the new version. And he sent me some of these. So actually we went fishing with this and it actually caught fish. So it was kind of nice. cool. Yeah. So, so, so similar. So the one that I sent you probably yeah, performs. So that looks like the new one in a watermelon shad pattern. And that was yeah. pretty cool. Nice. I haven't taken these out yet. So I just got them last week, but. So hey, the only thing what? is I would say there's certain lakes where, you know, the, the hooks, I probably, you know, depending on where you're fishing now, you do need a light hook because a too heavy of a hook, it's going to sink too fast. Mm. But there's certainly, I'm sure some large mouthed bass in Florida that might uh, put a hurting on this little hook. So. So the business is still rock and rolling today. So yes, it's still alive today. So they came back out. Yeah, I did a video. Um, my son, it's so funny, but I'm I'm a pretty antsy fisherman. That's why I'm not a good worm fisherman. I'm just too antsy. Yeah. But kids, you know, they go out there, they take a lure, they're willing to let it sink. So my son caught his PB bass. I think it's like a four or five pounder he got on the banjo. Nice. Just because he was like, but we watched the footage. He cast out there. He just like let it sink for like ever, and then all of a sudden, pink, bam. Yeah, popped it. Oh, it's awesome. So I had something you sent me, and I was like, "What in the world?" When I opened it up, and you haven't talked about it yet. What is this guy right here? <laughs> so those of you listening on the podcast, it's essentially a Texas rig worm, already pre-rigged, the bullet weight. But then when you get to the top, you got this kaleidoscope thing that is curled up, and it looks like whenever you pull it. This sparkle magic, like it's supposed to grab the attention of a bass or something. I don't know what what's the story on this thing. It's so, called. So that, here's it in the package. You sent me two of them. <laughs> I did send you one. I just wanted to put you through hex. He'd fish for that for a day and be like, "What am I doing?" So that lure, first off, it's so aggressive. I think that would scare a barracuda. I mean, let, yeah. it's got first off, it's got like a one ounce bullet head sinker on it. It's got <laughs> wire. It's got that kaleidoscope. I they probably broke right yeah that's okay <laughs> no it's so good it's just like gooey. look at I think look at yeah so look at that thing the so hardware on this thing is heavy so i have I, I gotta be honest with you i haven't thrown that for obvious reasons so i think what <laughs> you're looking at is a seven inch flip tail worm so that is an old school sort of looks like a man's jelly worm yeah um it's got a single texas rigged hook on it probably a what half ounce sinker and it's got that kaleidoscope which i guess is supposed to emulate some sort of bait i mean i want some underwater footage of that sucker yeah you, i mean you're gonna have to be fishing in like 20 feet of water otherwise you're just gonna be <laughs> i need to catch a fish on this look at look at that this is amazing can you imagine i mean i mean that that thing was uh i mean as seen on tv that thing wasn't even made for radio i mean that thing never <laughs> i don't even know where <laughs> ba angler is like is that a wind chime <laughs> maybe I, I don't know i feel like it is a weird it's like the bill dance wind yeah. chime i have no but idea you, you sent me two this looks like you're trying to get rid of them I, but, uh, <laughs> you must have you must have, you must have a bunch <laughs> so I, I was watching some of your videos um move away from the lord for a second but it seems like you a lot of your videos are going to like old mom and pop tackle shops i didn't actually watch one because i was too busy resigning from my job <laughs> today but like that's kind of your thing, it seemed like, for the past five videos or so. Is that what you do? Like, what's what's the rhythm there? So I, I think one of the, the reasons I got into the YouTube thing, and honestly, as someone who YouTubes, you, you know that um, my, my tackle bills, you know, generally outweigh the, the old YouTube payments, right? Um, <laughs> Always. 
And but but what I saw was that there was a lot of YouTube content, and I see good content. Can't hate on it. Dedicated to new stuff, you know. Dedicated to the big box stores. Dedicated to mystery tackle boxes. Mm. And there are some great, not many, unfortunately these days, but some great mom pop shops up there. Some great, again, small time lure builders, people who have dreams, who, who you know just don't have you know sort of the the big company behind them, and they're just getting zero airplay on YouTube and other mediums so to me i was like hey um so i, I had a couple youtubers who were doing some different ones monkey balls does some really good walkthroughs um bateman tv did, did a really good one of this place called mike's in uh, decatur illinois and it got right. me thinking and when i drive past some of these places it, it's, it's it's amazing people don't they're not on people's radar uh, yeah. i've got one place i found down in south texas that it's so old school it's at the guy's house and he only takes cash heck yeah he only takes cash and he doesn't ship. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like a little bit of capturing the history of these places before they're gone. Cause at some point, you know, again, these are like even third generation shops, the fourth generation is Joe not interested in doing this. So yeah. I, I, anytime I drive by and for work, I'm traveling all over the place, coast to coast. If I see one, I stop at it. Or if somebody drops a comment and says, Hey, go check out this one. Um, years ago, I got, you know, somebody in the comment section said, Oh, check out this place called bacon's tackle in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. I wrote it down in my little book, and I've probably filmed eight episodes there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's just the coolest thing. It's it's this guy by the name of Michael Bacon. I just f- spent a couple of days with him, and you know he used to be uh, roommates with with Cotton Cordell, and oh, his father was okay. fraternity brothers with Jack Smithwick, and he just knows all these guys. But anyway, so to go to see these places that are, that are still up that that aren't getting any YouTube play at all, um, and what's kind of cool is if you go to them once. And you kind of do, and they're always a little skeptical. Like, wait, what are you doing? Why are you filming? What do you want? And then it, you put an episode up. And then if I go back, um, you say, okay, you know, what happened? And they go, oh, I got a call from Canada. Somebody ordered lures from Canada. Or somebody, the one guy in Texas said, oh, yeah, some guy drove 10 hours that weekend to come to my shop and bought it out. Like, bought out hundreds of dollars of stuff. So that was oh, kind wow. of cool. It's like, okay, yeah. So that was... So that was pretty cool. So that's kind of what it's about is, is, is trying to put a spotlight on people that uh, just aren't going to get a spotlight, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do that with some lure builders as well, just some independent guys and they do more of that. But like, hey, just, you know, guys kind of, you know, they've got their little dream and they, and they build something, but it's never going to get, you know, because there's no dollars behind it, right? No, no one's going to sponsor them. No one's going to do a video about them. Yeah. And that's kind of like almost my, I don't know, in a way, responsibility, I think, to, to kind of do that. Heck yeah, man. I love it. I need to go back and watch some of those because there's some, there's some good, I almost feel like I need to build a um, sort of like a um, sort of like a, a, a tackle tour, like a t-shirt, like, like go, go to these places. In these oh, states. there you go. Like, like right. this, yeah, there's different ones. There's a couple. And so I need to, so anytime someone's got like, if there's a local tackle shop though, near, near anybody, drop a comment nine times out of 10, I'll be there within a few months. Oh, wow. You travel a lot for work then. So when I, when I can do it or if it's close, Oh, I will absolutely get in there and, and again, I've had some people go, hey, you can like, you know, some people are just a little bit because, again, no one's been in there with a camera. So they don't know what's going on. But but yeah, yeah. So, sometimes like, hey, you can film this little corner of the shop. I'm like, OK, I'll film wherever. But well, Jim F. Try Greens Marine Lake City. They have a mixture of new and old baits. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with that or not. Lake City. No, what state is that in? Yeah, help us out, Jim. Lake City, <laughs> that? I thought maybe like he was saying it like you live nearby or something. I don't know. You could check it Good. out. I don't know. Love it. Uh yeah, Lure Labs like hey, that would be a cool T-shirt. I'd buy one. The old retro roadshow. Oh hey, yeah, retro. Oh there it is. You even got the name already. You've already been thinking <laughs> about this. And you're driving all over for work. You're just thinking of ideas. I'm like, hey. oh man. Oh we 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 remiss 
if we didn't talk about the one that I've heard the most about, we'll, we'll talk about it in one real second. But hey, if you got if you got a lore you're like interested maybe on the backstory or you have or you got a nostalgic memory about, throw that in the comments. Or if you have a question for Chris, um, we'll go ahead and answer those as well. But the flying lore. What's what is the story? Because this one, yes, the book. Alex Langner's flying lore. So I mentioned a lore that I think um was again pretty brilliant in its design. But I think that at the end of the day, just like any lore that wants to catch everything from blue go to blue marlin, everything from novice anglers to super experienced anglers, I think that's where the flying lure sort of went awry. It's a lure that, and if you don't know, it starts with this jig head. So here's the jig head. And Alex Lander designed this because he his story was he was a bass fisherman and he would target fish under docks, under undercut banks, and he couldn't get to them. Right, okay. he's casting his lure, and the, and the second you work the lure, it pulls away from the structure. So he wanted a lure that would get up underneath that structure. So he designed this jig head, which goes into this basically flattened tube, which is the flying lure. And the way this thing works is tied on a spinning rod. You cast it out there. The second it hits the water, it flies away from you, and it does. It actually works. Um, it actually will fly away from you a couple feet on a light line. The trouble is it was geared toward, hey, everybody can catch a fish with this. Well, look, this is not a chunk and wine bait like a rattle trap where you cast it out there and reel it in. Right. You know, to work a lure on a slack line flying away from you is not really a Bassin 101 technique. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, that's probably what did this lure in. I think that if this had come out by another company, you know, again, Jackal ha has one now. The, uh, the They have a bait that actually does the same exact thing as the fine lure. It flies away from you. Um, I think Mike Iconelli Turk talked about a similar bait, but to me, it was so, such a good idea. And again, it was the number one lure at, at one point. I mean, it was the infomercials and it was the original hog trough and, and probably the original as seen on TV bait. But I think the reason it didn't hold up long-term um, was because it's just, it's, it's a tough bait. You got to be a, a kind of an expert angler to really do good at this. All right. Someone that's, that's the flying lure. Yeah. If they're making mention of this particular lore, but Lore Lab said, let me see, it was thin hooks. They straighten out so easily. Is that is that a problem on that particular? So one? thin hooks, and so another thing is when you think about you know these days fishing heavy cover, right? You're talking mm. what fifty pound braid, bait casters, heavy stuff. This is a even the four incher. It's a finessey little bait. So I would say yeah, I'm I, I throw this thing on a spinning rod with like thirty pound braid. But even that, you're right. That's not the the craziest hook out there. So yeah, so you almost would need like a like a flipping version of the flying lure. You could probably do some damage. Um, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of the Japanese baits that came out with, where it's like actually it was the same sort of design, but you could just rig it with a normal hook. But but this thing absolutely catches fish. And yeah, I've lab, it. it works great on pressured fish. Give them a little give them a little razzle dazzle, something they haven't seen before. Makes sense. Yeah, but 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 the one trick is though, as this thing's going away from you on a slack line, that's when the fish hits. So you've got to almost watch for that little pink as the thing's going away from you. So that's what makes it a little bit of a a tougher thing to fish. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's see. We got a bunch of comments. We'll circle back here. Uh, we got a bunch of people. Let me see what we got here. Oh, we got a bunch of people telling you. Oh, Jim F got back to us. He said it's not far from you in Florida. Ooh, yeah. nice. Maybe an I'll hour have away, to rewatch and write that place yeah. down. Thank you. Greens Marine, Lake City. So there you go. Nice, uh, Lake City. Bucktail says, if you take McGregor Boulevard out to Fort Myers Beach, there's a few small tackle shops along the way. 
can't remember the names. There are a few above Cape Coral and Medlacha too. I have no clue. Um, Pete's Bait, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Pete's Tackle. There's another one for you. Nice. Um, and Lake City's six months of content. This is yeah, I know, right? Uh, Jim said Lake City's less than an hour from Gainesville. So um, rock and roll. There you go. All right. Excessively, excessive B1. Where do you stand on the the Kyogre blue Pokemon lore? Do you own that one? I don't. I'm not a Pokemon guy. No. <laughs> what is the so what do you have any others for us? I'm curious. So okay. So I, I do have a couple of and so you sort of mentioned like, you know, the channel's about talking about lore builders that have been forgotten by time. So I mentioned Wayne Kent at Kent Lures or at Night Lures. Um, yeah. It's another guy by the name of Dr. Lauren Hill. So during the 1980s, you could not open up a Bass Pro catalog without finding some of Dr. Lauren Hill's creations. So I'll go with maybe one of the lesser known ones from him. So he designed this crankbait. Come on now. The, this is a you can see a deep dive and crankbait it looks like probably like a what 20 plus yeah <laughs> i mean it's a it's, it's... It, and on the bill off the bottom of the bill it's got a little barrel swivel and a little blade but it's plastic but it's plastic so this is called the chow hound and so dr lauren hill was a marine biologist i think in uh out of oklahoma and what this thing is supposed to emulate is a larger fish chasing a little bait fish in the water so as you crank this thing down this is supposed to emulate the bait that's trying to get away from the the bigger fish hopefully uh enticing a bass to hit the main crankbait so isn't that one of the craziest things ever um i don't know how much that lip will help uh but that that would get down there deep enough into some bassy territory for sure all right check that out so uh -huh. so lauren hill developed a lot of crazy stuff like that but probably what he's most known for came out of some of his research as um a professor and it is this. So this is a box for something called the color selector. So not as seen on TV, but again, I would put it in the category of a, uh, a gimmick lure at one point that was supposed to be the answer to all bass fishing. And there we go. So have you seen this before? Uh, I've seen a photo. I've like, it's actually in the thumbnail photo. And I was like, I need to ask him about that. Cause it looks like a, um, like a ice fishing, whatever it, it is, looks like. Yeah. So what this is, is this, is and i'll sort of tell the story so basically what, what dr hill did in his research is he had a fish tank with different water conditions so stained water muddy water clear water and he had crawfish in the tank and he would paint the crawfish different colors and see which ones bass hit during different light and water clarity conditions okay and let's say hey the water's super muddy and it's kind of dark all oh, they're hitting the orange or they're hitting the green and from there, he basically came up with his whole system. So you dip this thing in water. This meter will read, and it will tell you exactly what color lure you should be fishing. Now, this would be oh, great. Hold, hold, hold. Yeah. What are, you, what are you putting in the water? The sensor. Is it like measure like turbidity? So, oh boy, this is a great question. Somehow, this, this does measure like for different clarities. It measures basically oh. the, the, the sort of light that's coming in, right? Exactly, the turbidity. And it will then say which corresponding color the bass are most likely to hit. Okay. And now the trick is you need to have a color that matches because this thing all of a sudden shoots to purple and you're like, well, that's, I don't have anything purple. So Dr. Lauren Hill had a, a solution for that as well. And here's where the whole brilliance of the system came in of, of the color. Buy selection. all my lures and every color that I have on the color select. Yeah. The, oh, the mark. <laughs> so yes. So, so what he would do is you would say, and the funny part was, so you dip it in there. 
it never actually came up to like you know green pumpkin with red flake. No, no, it was it was either red, orange, yellow, green, blue, or purple. I mean, that, those are the the colors that it tends to go to. So, so here's the color selector. Not necessarily about matching the hatch. Um, well, this for is, those this, on the podcast, what are we looking at here? So we're looking at a color selector custom lure kit. And there's three lures in here. There's a, a Rebel a crankbait. There's a, a Hedden Tiny Torpedo and a Cordell Rattle Spot, and they're white. But yeah, in blanks. it are three different, six different markers. There's an orange, red, yellow, green, blue, and purple. So you use your color selector. You test what color the water is, and then you oh, can no. color your tiny torpedo appropriately to match not the on hatch your boat. per se. But, on your boat. Or if you've just got the color selector tackle box like I do, you can open wow. it up and see what color lure you want to fish with. So, so let's say all of a sudden you test out the old color selector and you go, oh, I need a flow, flow red torpedo or perhaps the yellow. So oh, yeah. So what's so wild about it is it's always a totally outlandish color. I mean, look at these. Not, not, not one of these looks like anything natural at all. I think they were in the same meeting as the, uh, the helicopter I lore color I selection. I feel like it was in the same. Like, like, when is it like, hey, man, let's, you know, we need something that blue. Yeah, that's what we need. So <laughs> pretty cool. But I will say I have used this on, on the episode as well. And um, we use the color selector. And I caught fish on it. And I know at one point Roland Martin sponsored this thing. A couple other guys did too. This oh, was wow. a real product. I mean, there was a time when Bass Pro Shops had a whole page dedicated to the color selector, the actual device, plus all the major lure builders kind of played off it everybody all the pradco guys bill norman some others all had color selector style lures wow which which again just kind of faded away over time oh what's brilliant about it is like okay i'm gonna you're gonna buy the color selector and then it's gonna be worthless unless you buy my sharpies or worthless unless you buy the how much did like that kit run do you, do you know the original prices on some of that stuff? Like oh, the that's, color that's, that's a good question. Adjust for inflation. It, it, I mean, the, the, the thing itself, it was a piece of electronics. I mean, this is a few bucks back in the day. Yeah. And then the kits now probably go for more than they did at the time. But <laughs> Wow. Uh, let me see some of the comments over here. Lure Lab, did it work? Hey, you said you've, you've caught some fish on them. I so, did. I have caught some fish on them. Um, but again, it, it never points the green pumpkin. It's so weird. Never. It's weird. It's, it's, it's always flow flow yellow. I don't know why. Oh, neon green. Uh, Lawson Tackle says, I feel better about buying Sharpies. JL Waz, hey, it looks like a thermometer. Um, oh, here's a good question. But before we do that, I noticed we have 130 people on right now between the two YouTube channels. So help us out. Hit that like button if you just got like two seconds. It helps kind of push the reach after the show is over. And so we'd love for you guys to do that. All right. Uh, Lucas Flint has a good question for you. He says, I have some antique lures. How can I see, like, or how do I identify those? Like, how would you Ooh. go about? Because here, here, here's a perfect example. Um, yeah. My, someone in my extended family died and they had a bunch of, I got three lures in like this case. And this is one of them. It's like an OG spy bait. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that guy Ready? before? Uh, it's wood. Mm-hmm. And then I have this one looks just like it. It's just a different color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school spy bait. These are kind of bent a little bit. Uh, and then this thing, wild and crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Looks like a Shannon spinner. Is that what it is? Yeah, it could be. It's That's got a hidden hook here. This is a weight. That I, could I, be I, one of the, the that podcast. Could, yeah. 
I, I can't even explain this to you. It's basically got two uh, blades on it. It's a three prong lure. It's got a big hairy um, <laughs> skirt with a single hook, and it's weighted in the middle. So, for those of you on the podcast, are like, man, I just got to go watch the video on this one because we're showing a lot of lures, but. You think it's a what now? And do you know the story behind it? So that looks like a Shannon twin spin. But again, I'm not an expert. So my wheelhouse, as you could probably guess, being, being you know, sort of growing up in the 80s and 90s, is that genre of baits. The old yeah. school wooden baits, those things. Not so sure that could be a Shannon twin spin. But okay. as far as, you know, sort of how to identify lures. So it's kind of funny, but... Um, I end up starting a little segment on the channel called Stump Retro, where people will, people email me questions all the time. I get photos, you know, photos of hey, here's this lure I picked up from a yard sale or grandpa's tackle box, and they hit me up on Instagram or, or Facebook. So I start doing episodes where I'll post the the lure itself and try to identify it. Now I'm okay at identifying it, but I'm not like you've got to be. It's so niche, you know. There there are some collectors who are like, hey, I know all about mill site lures. I'm really good into this, or hey, I'm really mm-hmm. good into heading pre you know like it's it's so niche there so the cool thing is the, the lure collecting community there's people that i reach out to and say hey like you know i'll call my buddy um these these tackle box is a great dude who's he's got like books upon books and i say hey if, if i can you know can't figure out what a bait is i usually give him a call or somebody else or, okay. or the nflcc guys but but yeah send send a photo honestly the cool thing is i think most people love to answer those kinds of questions if you see something because it's it's about keeping that history alive, right? Because right now, if you don't know what the lore is, and you do get it from from Grandpa's tackle box, not that yeah. we necessarily care, you know, what it's worth or, or things like that, but it's kind of cool to know, you know, the history of it, where the bait came from, and, and a lot of this stuff was definitely regional back in the day too. So, what lures your grandfather fished with probably tell you a lot about what kind of fish your grandfather fished for and where he fished, and mm. and and that's kind of cool too because you probably can't ask him. Right, right. I have a. Uh, I just realized at the beginning of the show. I asked you a question about the most expensive lure that you've ever seen and yeah. somehow we got off track, but you got it in front of you. So, well, okay. So the, not the most expensive lure that I I've seen some, some lures. I saw one, this uh, very rare head and um, river runt, which okay. the owner of it said that it was for sale um, for the low, low price of, I believe 3000 bucks, which is a, you know, <laughs> You talk about categories of something a caster or a collector, right? That's one where that's uh now the number of buyers for that's pretty small. So um I don't have any of that caliber, but recently um there was a guy by the name of Fred C. Young, who was a lure carver um back in the day. And you know, long before the alphabet baits that came out, all those, you know, shallow diving, big body crankbaits, his was probably the most well known. So okay. he carved it and he was actually uh, laid up with a with a back injury. And his brother Otis would go out there and try different lures. He'd carve it, and his brother Otis would go out and, and, and try it. And one day Otis came back and said, hey, man, this is this is the one. And so in his uh, honor, he named it the Big O. Okay. And, that's, okay. and that's what this is. So this is called a Big O. And this is actually designed um, and carved by, by Fred C. Young. Oh, wow. He, he signed the bill, Big O. This thing has been repaired. And this was the start of the sort of fat bodied, you know, uh, uh, crankbaits, the, the shallow body ones. We see a ton of them, this style, lucky craft makes them just about everybody mm-hmm. makes them, right? Six cents. Um, this was the, the, the first one, this is hand carved. Eventually cotton Cordell would make a plastic mold of it. And it oh, became the a, number one it came in the egg carton, right? And it came and it came. And, and so he would sell these and he would sell them in an egg carton. So this is an actual hand carved one. 
Um, and this one was repaired. And so here's what's so crazy about this. So um, this bait was sent to me by uh, my buddy Mark over. Uh, he has a Facebook page called The Big O Connection. It's a great place okay. for the history of this bait. So he, I told him, I said, look, this is going to sound crazy, but I want one of these because I want to catch a fish on one. Yeah. Now, if you go to like an NFLCC meeting and you pick up a lure like this and you tell them that you're going to catch a fish on it, this is probably, again, conservatively, this is probably a $300 bait here. Wow. People are going to think you're, you're nuts. But I'm like, no, yeah. no, I want, I want to get on film. I'm not going to like, you know, go like catch, you know, a dozen bass on it, but I want to catch a fish on it. So he said, okay, I'll look for one. He found one um, that we call this a fisher. And I am going to, at some point, probably tie this thing on some 50-pound braid try to find a, a nice shallow lake without too many bowfin <laughs> yeah, <right>. and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and catch a fish on this thing, hopefully on camera. So that was it. So yes, I recently, this is a new lure in my collection and I recently did get it repaired as well because the bill had suffered a little bit of damage, but, but this is a hand carved old school one that yeah, Fred Young used to sell in the old egg garden. Yeah. And it used to be, and so, so these baits would range, I would say, so, so on the low end, that's probably about as cheap as you're going to get for this bait. But then they go on up, depending on sort of the rarity, the color, you know, how he signed the bait, how he didn't sign the bait. Oh, interesting. And that's uh, one. So, yeah, I'm going to. So I'll, I'll definitely have to have the camera roll on because, again, there's a good chance, not a good chance, but there's always a chance something bad could happen on the lake. So before <laughs> I'll have to get a lot of footage of this thing on the front end, too, just in case. I love it. The uh, I have actually a set new in the egg carton upstairs in my garage. I don't know why what? I have all the colors. Um, my uncle had see that in his garage sale and I opened it up and Are they plastic or wood? Foam. Yeah, they're, they're plastic. They're not wood. That's still so must have nuts. Been. You never seen this. I mean, I've but the egg carton you don't see. So that's a, that's a tough bait. So oh, I want to yeah, see Cause that. it's all beat up. I mean, it's been around. I don't, do when, do when not, come out? do not throw the egg carton away. That's the whole deal right there. Right. That's how Fred Young used to sell them was in an egg carton. And I that's a very, like, what in the world? <laughs> they sit nicely in the egg. It's, it was, I didn't know the story behind it until now. I want to see that now. That's wild. I, I you think the price of eggs is, is expensive now? Wait till you open up a box of Fred Youngs. Oh man! <laughs> now, if there would, no, that would be that'd be something else. Bra bra I see braided up. Yeah, don't you worry. Braided I'll be braided. I'll be bra maybe that wire that's on that worm I sent you. Something I don't know. <laughs> I do have right. a hound dog, by the way, as well. And yeah, that's I've used that for sure because that's the trouble is fishing with you know lures that often it's I've got one or two of. Yeah, you don't want to lose them. I like Jake Mixon's comment here. He said, 50 years from now, there'll be some grandkids disappointed in Timu lures. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, oh, oh it, it, at one point, I mean, there, there will come a day, um, you know, let's say Waylon, my son Waylon takes over the channel. You know, the Guggen baits could be, you know, uh, featured on the old Retro Bassin show at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. So. It's crazy. So you have a dream for your kids to take over your channel like I do? You never know. Yeah, it's just never gonna. Well, again, it's like the third generation tack loader. It's just not gonna happen. But it's you know, you can keep it alive. I have a dream. I keep telling my kids, hey, by the time you they're like seven and five, you could you're a Wendell, so you can take over Wendell fishing, and you could literally do this for a living if you actually enjoy enjoy fishing. And so I'm trying to like I'm, I say it so much. My wife is like, okay, yeah, right, chill out, chill out a little bit. They're gonna be able to. But I I have a dream. I. Then come home from work. Work for me over the summers. <laughs> just trying to keep them around as long as possible. Come on, people. So, all right. So I got one more. This is off to the side. So you see that? Oh, electronic fishing lures. See that? Vortex. So this was one. I need to bust this thing open. So these are lures that are electronic. They've got little batteries in them, which yeah, super dangerous these days. But so so this thing. 
I think has a little LED oh. light in it. And Look at the bill. Look at the eye on that. That's so unique looking. And it's supposed to flash. Again, half of these lures, I wonder, is, is does the gimmick scare more fish than it attracts? I don't know. But this is the old Vortex lighted lure. And so like it'll blink? It blinks. It blinks. And this was kind of a ripoff of a bait from Smithwick called the Blinker. So Jack Smithwick um, had a number of different lures, you know, the Rattling Rogue, the Devil's Horse, just really well-known baits. Um, this was one of his ill-fated baits called the Blinker. And the package, this is new in the package, but it's a little bit beat up, so I'll show it to you. So it's got the eye, where that little green eye is, that's a light. So oh, it's got okay. two little lights, and there's a battery <laughs> you put in there. So this is a crankbait. I think that you screw it in. I think that the water probably um, makes the connection. And as you're reeling it, it's blinking. Again, anything to attract a fish, I guess, bells and whistles. So That's, that's kind of nice that there's that's, two connection points, so you don't have to like turn it off or turn it on. I, th I think that's the way. Yeah, the, otherwise, you'd be opening up, but that's the blinker. I have not... Uh, not sure if this one will still work. I'll probably just hang this up just because that's a pretty glorious little package. That it's is... available for it's Spivey Sports for six ninety five. That's actually not super cheap for as old as this thing was. That's probably no like back in the day. That's like the uh... that's like a fifty dollar bait. <laughs> Look at that! Thing. It really is and the old blinker. But I picked this up at an NFLCC show for I think like four bucks. I was like, Ooh. oh, so yeah, All that's right. the in, in somebody so, so... in some random hotel room. So you know, so where do you find these? These shows, like, can just anybody yet be like invited? Is there like a cult? Do you have to get like a tattoo? What's going on? <laughs> I don't have the tattoo yet, but yeah, so it's yeah, NFLCC, and they've actually got a list of all the shows. And so, part of you know, try moving's been a little bit tough, but there's one coming up in um Savannah, Georgia that I'm going to try to attend. And there's yeah. some, some guys uh, who are going to go to that one, but I'd love to ideally get a booth because you get a booth for like I don't know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. <laughs> And then I could just hang well, out and meet people. And you I know. thought your booth was your like hotel room. What, what, I... So you can do that too. That's like, that's like, so they have the, the, before the actual show, which is in a convention center, they've got what's called room trading. And oh. essentially if you're willing to, you know, bring your wares in your hotel room, you just, you know, open up your door, you put a little, you know, I don't know what you do. You put your, your trash can outside and, and you let people know you're, you're open for business. So it's wild. And you go like and me and my buddy, Mark, we went floor to floor to floor. Okay. We're on the fifth floor. Oh, let's go on the fourth floor and see who's open. And you just run around, dropping cash, trading lures. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like trading cards with lures. Oh, it's it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Okay, I've never heard of that, and that is oh. super exciting. Well, if there's one in your neck of the woods, we're doing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have to check that out. Oh, Usually like it. a Best Western or something. So, so tell us. I know you're in the middle of a move. Well, you're in, in at the end of a move. But what's the channel look like for you in the? You got different different direction or some things you want to focus on here at the end of 23. What do you got going on? You know, uh, what's so interesting about the channel is is so much of it is steered by, by the actual the viewers or the bass and buds, as I call mm. them. So, um, you know, to me, I think the only real vision is, you know, kind of trying to rekindle the, the glory days of bass fishing. Um, just that magic of, of, again, you know, some people, it's funny, there's a lot of like retro um, YouTube channels dedicated to, you know, old school technology, right? Old school tape machines, old mm. school toys. And for me, these are my toys. These are what I remember. So for me, it's, that's kind of the only real vision is, is keeping true to that, just sort of rekindling the magic for a, those who lived it and B, um, informing those who, who didn't live it. But as far as the direction of the, of, of the channel, it's really about just honestly, viewer input, like, Hey, what do you want to see me do? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I put out polls every once in a while. Hey, more tackle shops. Again, we we got three or four tackle shops right there. Th- those will probably happen at this point. You know, if there's some random lore, hey, and that's one where, hey, what about this lore? And it's something that's not on my radar. All of a sudden, I'll, I'll dive into that. Um, or if you know some old school lore builder. So yeah, that's it. It's a, but or, and honestly, collectors too. There was a really cool show I did down in Corpus Christi, uh, Texas. Yeah. This guy who is collecting old school bingo lures. It's an old saltwater lure. Okay. And his entire house, I only got to film for about 45 minutes. His entire house was dedicated to this one lure. He had every really? color. He had random colors. And I just followed him around, captured this. Um, and, you know, gentleman was, I think it is late 70s. So it was kind of cool to go down there and film it. And we did like an hour episode at, at his house. Wow. So what's, what gets someone so all in on just one lore? Like, what's the bro's story? Because that's fascinating to me. So I, I think it has to do with specializing because there there's so much stuff out there. And it's sort of like with, you know, again, music or, or anything that you're into. It can be overwhelming because there's so much there. So you kind of yeah. got to pick a, a genre and then a subgenre and then really drill in. Um, I knew a guy who was really into Head and River Runt was his lore of choice. Oh, the most expensive one. The most, that's the guy. He said one day he was in his basement. He had different collections and he spun around and he pointed at the river runs and he goes, okay, I'm going to collect that. And he got rid of everything else. And so I'm not that special. To me, it's more about, I'm just sort of a a tourist when it comes to this stuff. So I kind of like a little bit of everything. Things that, you know, to me, it's, I I would say rebuilding that first Bass Pro Shops order that I made. I've Mm -hmm. done that pretty well, but that, that's kind of it. Or that first day on Buckskin Lake throwing you know, different lures for bass and things like that. Um, so I don't see myself being super special. Plus, I need to probably get rid of some of this stuff too. So that's <laughs> part of it. <laughs> you got to trade it. You got to trade it up. Get some you new things. Trade, you got to trade it up. Uh, Chris, this has been freaking fantastic. We are over on time. But Love uh, it. if you guys have not yet done so, head over to Retro Bassin. He's on Instagram. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. I, I love your style and your delivery and you got the, you know, the build and sunglasses on, you, you, <laughs> you do the stick really well. And I'm just like, you take me back. And so thank you for all you do. We're going to have you on again sometime. I think future. so. I think yeah. so. I think, I think, uh, we've got, uh, perhaps do a, uh, again, th- there's, there's many chemical orders we haven't even talked about. So, oh, heck yeah. So, uh, we'll bring them back sometime in the future, but Hey everyone, thank you so much. Please hit the like button and have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week on the KFO show, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. See you guys later. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing.